Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We dealt with um, giving in secret. We dealt with praying in secret. We're talking about our life before God. What it should be like. And I, I gave you a quote before that said something to the effect of the secret of religion is that religion is to be secret. You know, and, and really people shouldn't really know the things you're doing. Uh, you know, and <laughs> the next section, Jesus uh, began with giving, as you know, and then he went on to, as I mentioned before, he went on to pray, uh, praying. And uh, the next thing he was going to deal with was fasting. And I thought, no, they're not going to manage that one. So we won't do that. <laughs> I thought I'd keep that one for Bible college. Uh, so <laughs> but let me just say this. Uh, let me read some verses, um, because he goes on to the Lord's Prayer, by the way, in between those two things. Um, and he teaches, uh, after, after talking about praying in secret, he actually teaches us how to pray, so to speak. And, and you know, we encounter the Lord's Prayer, um, and which I said was going to be a whole mini-series in itself if I actually went and taught that. So I wasn't going to do that at this time. But then he goes on uh, to fasting. And uh, I want to just... just uh, so that there's a flow of thought here, I want to start there, um, I'll talk to you about it very briefly, and then go on to what I want to talk about today, uh, which I, I pray that will bless you. So we're in Matthew chapter 6, we've moved forward to verse 16, I have anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, Jesus says there, moreover, when you fast, he says, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. Now notice again, he's, it, it goes back again to the same thing that Jesus has been talking about, and that is, you know, you need to keep these things that you do before God as secret. You know, we really need to learn how to do that. Uh, I, know, <laughs> I know with your giving sometimes, people say it's very hard to do in secret when you, you know, <laughs> when you give, and they say, it came from this person. Uh, but again, it's, it's not that you don't get found out, it's about that you're not looking to get found out. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen? And you do what you know to do to keep things a secret. If it gets out, it gets out. But it wasn't that you, you know, uh, invited the media and the press to come along. Remember how the Pharisees would just, you know, like I said, they would come up with ingenious ways of getting people's attention. You know, dropping something or clanging something and everybody looks and then they put their offering in. You know, those sort of things. Amen. So, <clears throat> he's, he is again talking about doing things before God as unto God. Not to be seen. Not to be patted on the back. What we're looking for is God's approval, not man's approval. We need to always ask God, God, does this please you? Remember again, we're talking about the life that pleases God. Amen. And I, I truly, family, can I just say this? <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, you are going to be spending eternity with God. How do you want Him to look at you forever? <laughs> okay? Not, see, all the people that other people try to impress, they won't be here for very long, one way or the other. You know, the, the thing is, God will be. And you'll be accountable to Him. You'll be in His presence for all of eternity. That's who you want to impress. Just giving you a little inside information here. <laughs> okay? Do everything to impress him. Amen. All right. So, <clears throat> uh, 
verse 17, Jesus says, but when you fast, he says, anoint your head and wash your face. Notice he's saying, do everything possible to not let people know what you're doing. And verse 18, he says, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. Do you see that? So he's saying, yeah, somebody needs to know, but it's God that needs to know, not anybody else. It's nobody else's business. Right? And he says, and your father who sees in secret, this, is come, this, this has been repeated over and over again. He said, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I want you to notice something that every single time there's a reward. If you don't catch that, you're going to miss what he's going to talk about next. Because all we see is, oh dear God, giving. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh no, you know, fasting. <laughs> Praying. Oh, that's the thing that balances all the blessings out. <clears throat> you know, we, we have this, we miss Every single time when Jesus says over and over again, you do it in secret, you will be rewarded openly. Do we believe that? Well, just in case we didn't, Jesus goes on to say now in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, which is what I want to get to, okay? All right. <laughs> he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. Can I just say in everything that we've looked at, what are one of the things that you can, you can see immediately as being a treasure on earth? Now, I'm going to define those things to you with regard to the way the commentators defined it, and I will give you that. But I want to show you something else. He's just finished talking about giving, about praying, about fasting. And he's saying, be careful that you're not looking to be rewarded by men. Do you know some people consider that treasure? Think about this now. That's their treasure, you know. And he's saying, don't lay up treasure on earth like this. You know, things that everybody is patting you on the back. They put a monument up in your name or whatever, you know. Okay, and all of those things to, sh to, to, to honor you and everything else. And if there's no honor before God, all that is useless. Those are treasures that are useless. Are you all with me? Now... Let me define some of these things, okay? When he says, do not lay up for your treasures, uh, excuse me, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, he, he talks about three very specific things here, and let me deal with those, those three things now. Moth destroys clothing, okay? And, you know, some people have wardrobes and wardrobes and wardrobes. I know none of you do, but you're trying to say, okay? I mean, you, they, they wear it once a year. You know, there's 60, 365 outfits and 66 in the leap year, you know, <laughs> that's sitting in their closet, and it never sees light of day. Once a year, it gets out. And they won't give it to anybody. They just hang on to stuff. You, you, don't, you think this isn't real. <laughs> I know people that have told me stories about things, and they're, wow. You know, you just sit there and go, you got to be kidding. I, I <laughs> let me tell you, uh, I, I have to do this course every year to keep up my marriage credentials, you know, so, yeah, so, so I can marry people, all right? And uh, so these people, I, I'm in the, in the um, presence of a lot of uh, marriage celebrants, some religious, some not. And so they tell us stories. And my goodness, 
You know, they, they would tell me stories. I'll be sitting there listening because we'll be dealing with a particular topic. And then so they'll tell us a story about, an, uh, you know, uh, an experience that they had. They went to marry so-and-so. And oh, my gosh, they had closets worth of shoes. And I mean, they had thousands and thousands of dollars worth. And they're just sitting there. And you know, you can't wear them all at once. And they say, oh, and you should look at it. And this is where I'm getting my stories from. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> okay. All right. There is there's stuff that goes on out there. You know, we think, oh, God, are we asking you too much? Uh, can I say no? No, you're not asking too much? In fact, we've not even got to the normal yet. We're asking so little and being guilty over things we shouldn't be, shouldn't be feeling guilty over because of what the enemy is you know, lying to us about. You're with me. I look at all of that and I think the body of Christ needs to have that finance in their hand. It shouldn't be in shoes. It should be in somebody's life. Helping them. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> so that's moth. <laughs> now let's get to rust. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus is really covering everything. He's covering anything that you know, you, we think you know, would last forever. When we buy that you know, new car and we drive it out of the sh you know, showroom and we think, oh, this is going to last forever. No. Especially if you have kids, they'll make sure they christen it within about a day. You drive, and you're going, oh, it's so beautiful. And, and the kid goes, oh, let me have a look. Oops. As Pastor Verdi said, when does something stop being new? As much as you want it to stay new forever, there's some kid somewhere they will make sure that that's not the case. Hello. <laughs> okay, all right. So, you know, those things rust, you know what I'm trying to say, okay? And uh, <laughs> I'm not saying anything about anyone. Uh, and, <laughs> and the last thing is thieves. When he talks about thieves, the, this is talking about those people that say, oh, yes, brother, I don't put any stock in clothing or cars or anything like that. I put all my stock in gold and silver and precious stuff that, that, that never wears out, except thieves come in and steal that stuff. Yeah, they know it lasts forever too, <laughs> okay? And they want some of it, you know? Okay, so Jesus, in other words, what he's saying is don't put your faith and your trust in things that are uncertain. In things that if you collect it, you have to look after it. Are you all with me? I I've got good news, okay? <laughs> right? Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Uh, chapter six. So I've said here, even though material position, possessions excuse me, appear to be substantial and lasting, it is foolish to regard them as permanent because they are all subject to change and in constant danger of being lost. Amen. That's why the Apostle Paul says, now in 1 Timothy chapter 6, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Now, I want you to understand something. Notice he says, he says, command those who are rich in this present world. Not rich in God, but in this present world. Just got money. Okay, are you all with me? All right. He says not to be arrogant because we, you know, I've noticed that people that have a lot of money, you know, generally, they tend to kind of, you know, <clears throat> swing that around like a big stick. I've got money. Of course, you know, there's interestingly and the total opposite to that. I remember going to a bank once and, you know, I was dressed in a certain way 
And the person said, you're either very rich or not, <laughs> you know, because there are people that don't want to tell people that they're rich. You're with me. And, you know, they, they don't want anybody to know. So there are those. I acknowledge those people, and I thank God for those people. Those are people who quietly give and, and do all kinds of incredible things, and you never find out about them. Do you know why? Because they're doing what God said. And then there are the other ones, <laughs> you know, who swing their riches out around like a big bat, <laughs> okay? And this is, this is who we're talking about. So if you're rich and you're generous, we're not talking about you at all. You can switch off for a minute, okay? <laughs> but if you're rich and arrogant, now we're talking to you. Okay, so, so he says here, those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Now listen, I love this but to put their hope in God who will keep them poor and humble because that's what we preach. <laughs> okay? No, that's not what it says. It says, but to put their hope in God who richly provides. Can I say those two words again? Who richly provides. What has he been talking about? Materialistic wealth. Those people who are rich in this present age. You're with me. And he says, don't tell them, don't put their hope in that, but put their hope in God who will richly provide to these people riches our money. And I want you to understand something that this goes for all of us as well. If we put our hope in God, then God will richly provide. Watch how this flows, okay? It just it's brilliant. It says, who richly provides us with everything for our basic needs. That's right, brother. Better not get anything more. Because that's probably being covetous or something. It's not what it said. No, don't be covetous because that's bad, okay? But I, we'll, he's going he's to clarify all this in just a minute. But I want you to notice that he says, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You can be happy as a Christian. Is that news? <laughs> you don't have to suck on lemons all day. It saddens me, okay? Really, the way people think that they're just going to be poor and miserable and horrible, and say, oh, yes, brother, I'm a Christian. Can you tell? <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Thank you very much. I got enough problem in my life to not have, you know. Do you want to know Jesus? Not yours. Probably another one. Maybe Andrew's, but not yours. <laughs> I don't know about yours, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, we haven't finished, okay? So he says, who richly provides us with everything for enjoyment, verse 18, command them to do good. <sighs> Did you get that? He said, listen, tell them stop putting their trust in things down here. Put their trust in God who will richly provide. They are used to riches. They just need to understand riches isn't the sin, the covetousness behind the riches. That's the sin. It's the love of money that's the problem, not money. Somebody said, oh, you know, I went to a Bible study once and they said, oh, now why is... They read the verse. They read the verse that says the love of money is the root of evil. And the first question the guy asked, the minister, says, now why is money the root of all evil? Uh, excuse me. 
I know I was a Buddhist and I only got like saved two days ago, but it doesn't say money was the root. It said love. Of, yeah, yeah, whatever. Couldn't distinguish between the love of money and money. You hearing what I'm saying? You need to hear what I'm saying. Because God wants you to have it all. It belongs to him. He wants his kids to have it. Because the devil's kids are ruining the world with it. He wants you to have it. But he doesn't want it to ruin you. Are you all with me? Okay. So he says here, command them to do good. To be rich, see, not just in money, okay? To be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to what? Share. Notice what it doesn't say. It didn't say willing to give it all up. You see, one of the dumbest things you can do, this, you don't normally hear this from a pulpit, so, you know, stay awake, stop yourself. Okay, <laughs> one of the dumbest things to do is if God has been directing your paths and you've been doing things and you've been wise with your finance and you've been investing and doing things and you're getting returns and everything else and things are going well, you know, you come into the, the body of Christ and instead of being a, a, a constant source of supply... You go, some not-so-smart person, wanted to use another word really badly, gets up in the pulpit and says, brother, you have to give it all away. And so they liquidate their stocks and they do everything, and they just put it all there. And yeah, sure, the church will get a, like a big check. But that's it. You know what happens to lottery winners? They're worse off at the other end than they were on the front end. Do you hear me? No. God will never ask you to do that. Only dumb people. <laughs> I said something. All right? Listen. If God got you, see, remember the rich young ruler? Do you know, everybody goes, oh, yeah, that's right. He couldn't give up his money. And, you know, that's all they remember about him. What they don't remember about him is that Jesus said, he said, how do I get eternal life? And Jesus said, do all of these things. And he said, I have been doing them since my youth. That's why he's rich. Yes, brother, see, but Jesus said, give it all away. Because Jesus knew whatever you give, you're going to receive a hundredfold return. It's like Jesus needed to teach him how to, what to do with a hundred times what he has right now. And the only way he could learn that is with under Jesus. With Jesus talking to me is what they're going to say, okay? With, with, you know, being with Jesus, because he will show you how to use your money. I mean, he will teach wisdom like you've never had before. And it's really sad. Plus, his, his treasure was, you know, stealing from him, okay? Uh, <laughs> which he didn't want to say anything because, you know, Peter, James, and John probably would have taken him to a side. And <laughs> we, didn't, we don't know what happened to Judah. <laughs> There's a piece here and a piece there. We don't know what happened, <laughs> okay? Are you kidding? The sons of thunder. If they found out that this guy was you know, stealing from Jesus, the Messiah, walks on water, raised the dead. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, just saying. They weren't called sons of thunder for no reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but do you understand? Because Peter asks right after that, we've given up everything. What are we going to get? 
And Jesus said, that's where he says 30, 60, 100 fold. He says, whatever you've given up, it'll be multiplied back to you. He was about to teach this rich young ruler, you have learned how to get finance from God now. Learn how to let it go. Learn what it takes now to go to the next level. Because God will only bless you to what you can manage. If it's going to hurt you and destroy you, he'll just stop. As much as he wants you to have it. You need to get this revelation. God isn't holding anything back from us. We're holding things back from us. Somewhere we're not doing something. Or we've learned wrong. If I, I'm, I'm believing you guys haven't done anything wrong. You just learned wrong stuff. I need to reteach you. Because your hearts are all good. And you just need to receive what God has already put your name on and sent to you. Don't wait till you get to heaven. You don't need it there. Amen? Hmm. Let me continue. I haven't finished. Oh, somebody needs to give me some time cards here. Let oh, sorry, I have not I'm not looking. Just give me one that... Thank you. Okay, thanks. All right, so... Verse 18 again, he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. The, can I say this? The only way you can be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share is if you, have, if you have stuff to share. Do you understand something? Do you see a connection now? He's saying if you trust God, then what did he say? That God will richly provide, richly provide so that, not so that you can hoard it all up, so that you can share. And the more you share, the more he'll richly provide. The more you have to share. This was meant to be a circle that continually went upward. You should never be where you are. You should be going up somehow. I know we just hit a pandemic. I get it, okay? <laughs> but we're coming out of it now. Hallelujah. And I want you to be ready for whatever God has for you. I am praying that God just blesses you. You know, can I just say this? However you are right now. You're still alive. That's a big plus. You might say, yeah, but you should see what I, people can live through. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Okay, <laughs> I, I get that. But the thing is, you're still here. You're breathing. Uh, I mean that. Not everybody is still here, let alone be financially, okay, looked after. Just know that you're still here. While you've got breath in your body, there's hope. And there's a God that wants to bless you. You need to be willing to receive this now. In the name of Jesus. Do you understand? In his name. All right. So again, he says, you command them to do a good. Command them to do good. Command them to do good. Don't do what's bad. Don't do anything that would, you know, somebody would look and say, I don't think that's right. Uh, I don't want to preach, but I want to, but I won't. Okay, just, there are things that, can I just say, there are things that sometimes you look at, even godly people, and you go, I don't know about that. Command them to do good. Amen? Now, we can't, we can't please everybody. I get that. People are going to make up their minds regardless of what you say to them. We're not doing that. Remember again, this is a life that pleases who? God. Hallelujah. Thank God. He knows your heart. You do what is right before him. Let them carry on about whatever. You know your heart is right before God. That's all that matters. Amen? All right. So that's the good he's talking about. So he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. Verse 19. In this way, 
listen to this. They will lay up treasure for themselves, not on earth. Watch this. Jesus isn't against you laying up treasure. It's where you're doing it. <laughs> listen, I really need you to get this. This is really good news. God isn't against you having stuff. He just wants to make sure your stuff isn't somewhere the devil can get at. Isn't that smart? And the funny thing about this is, while the earth says if you want to keep it, you've got to store it, God says if you want to keep it, you need to give it away. Because when you, something happens, okay, listen, we are, we are living in two worlds. Everything that we do here has a spiritual consequence and vice versa. Everything that we do in the spirit also has a natural consequence, all right? So what he's saying is, listen, the way, are you ready for this? The way you deposit money in your heavenly account is to give it to someone. There is no bank of God anywhere. <laughs> okay? Oh, listen to this. I'm giving you gold right now. There's no bank of God. Do you know where all the banks of God are? The people you come across. Your church, whatever, wherever God tells you to give, that's the bank. Don't look at it as getting rid of money. Look at it as making a deposit. That's going <laughs> to, I mean, God's interest is unbelievable. You know, in the world, interest is 0.0006. That's how much they give you. What they charge is 666. Six, six <laughs> okay? The point comes after a lot of numbers. But they give you the point comes way before the number. It's ridiculous. God's economy is 30 times. Anything that you bank with him, you can expect to receive 30 times, 60 times, up to 100 times at least. There's more. I'm going to stop there. Okay? At least up to 100 times what you bank. But you've got to bank it correctly. You've got to bank it with the right heart. You got to bank it with your eyes on God. Do you hear me? And you got to bank it in secret. Okay, Lord, that's a little hard. You know, <laughs> okay? Don't look to be recognized. Make quiet deposits. Somebody leaves their chair, just make a quiet deposit in the Bible. A monetary deposit. Okay? Just oh, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I need you to get something. I'm trying to teach you something here. The life that pleases God, this is how it works. These are the secrets you need to know in order for you to get your life to a place where you'll be, there won't be a ceiling to how God will bless you, and there won't be a ceiling, listen, there won't be a ceiling how you're going to be a blessing to others. Do you hear me? Do you know one of the greatest blessings that the devil has stolen from us is the blessing of giving and having it to give. That is one of the greatest blessings that have been stolen from the body of Christ under the guise of you need to be poor and humble and hardly have enough in order for God to think well of you. Are you all getting this? Am I getting through? <laughs> okay. If you get this, it will bless you so much. So what am I saying? God isn't against you saving. 
God isn't against you um, storing up treasure. It is where and how. You need to be careful. How you're doing it, where you're doing it. Amen? Make sure you're doing it not to be seen. And make sure it's in heaven, not on earth. Are you all getting this? Okay. Let me continue in verse 19. It says, In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. In other words, there's an age that is coming that whatever you are storing up, it will be there for you. He's saying, now this is treasure that will not rust. Okay, nothing, nobody's going to come and steal this because it's in God's vault. Oh, the devil will try. But he ran across this angel called Michael, an archangel, who has a whole army that looks after your stuff. <laughs> Forget all those security guards and all those, you know, uh, things that guard people's money. You know who you got guarding your stuff? God's angels and their war angels. Amen. They're happy when they take down a few demons and, you know, a few parts lying around. They're built to fight. <laughs> okay? They're looking after the father's children's treasure. Because if the father's children's treasure gets messed up, father will come down and say, What happened? Which angel was asleep? They never want to hear that. <laughs> okay? Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? So again he says, In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that. They take hold of the life that is truly life. Not, not what you think is life, but what really is life. What, can I just add another word in there? What really is a full life. That's what we want to live. Amen? Amen? And that's why Jesus goes, and, goes in to say, we're back in Matthew now, chapter 6, verse 20. Others are going to finish this. He says, but lay up uh, for yourselves treasure in heaven that neither moth nor rust destroyed and where thieves do not break in or steal. I've said here, whatever treasure you lay up for yourself in heaven through acts of kindness, love, and generosity are completely secure and free from all manner of change and decay. And why the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, he says, For God has reserved a priceless inheritance, a priceless inheritance. You can't put a price on this thing. He says, a priceless inheritance for who? His children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled. It is waiting for you there. Whatever you're doing down here is waiting for you up there. And he says, beyond the reach of change and decay. Isn't that beautiful? I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation in case it's different up there. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at. Did you hear those last words? Beyond the reach of change and decay. That's what you want. You want to be able to bank something that's not going to change. The value isn't suddenly going to drop. 
inflation hit, okay, or something else that just when you thought it was all good and it just goes all, you know, upends and you just, what happened? You put it in the wrong place, dude. Jesus warned you. Yes, but God said, hey, look after stuff. Yeah, stuff that you make him lord over, that you do as unto him. Amen? Not stuff that you decide, well, God, I don't need your help on this, thank you very much. Please don't tell me how to give or anything, because I, I want to sort that out myself. Then you better make sure that yourself is there watching over it all the time. Amazes me how people decide for themselves how they want to, you know, what they want to do with their stuff. And then when something bad happens to that stuff, they go, how come God did this? Oh, I didn't know God had anything to do with any of your stuff. Did you not ignore him? every? <laughs> Let me stop there. It's enough. Okay. <laughs> Let me go on to something else. <laughs> ah, dear Lord. I was trying not to mess in people's lives. Anyway, it says, notice, I've said here, notice also from 1 Timothy 6 that God will richly provide so that you can plan for the future and also save. Okay? Now, see, it's not a sin to save. I want to quickly give you some things because I've basically run out of time. If it, was a, if, if it was a sin to save, all right, God would have never had Joseph tell Pharaoh to store up grain for the future. Remember that? That's in Genesis chapter 41. You're going to look it up, 33 to 36. Nor commend the ant for gathering food uh, in the harvest or storing up food for the winter. Okay, that's brought in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 25. He's saying these are things that you are meant to do. Even the apostle Paul planned and served, saved for his missionary uh, journeys according to 2 Thessalonians 3.8. I'm just going to read you a few verses as we conclude. He says we never, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, he says we never accept food from anyone without paying for it. Isn't that interesting? He doesn't look for a preacher's discount. He doesn't say, I'm a minister of God, feed me. Hear me? He says, how much is that? Oh, no, Pastor, no, 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 how much? Fine, I'll give you an offering then. <laughs> you know, okay? See, that's the way we're meant to be. We don't want people going, I want to use a Sri Lankan accent. But I want. <laughs> they come and eat us out of house and home. No, they come and go and we have nothing left in the fridge. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> You know, you, 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 don't, sorry. you don't want that happening. You don't want people thinking of you, thinking of you like that. Who's coming? <laughs> don't have him here. No, they need to be thrilled when they hear you're coming. Because every time you leave, there's an offering somewhere. Just got to find it. <laughs> okay? Amen. What's more, Paul also said in 2 Corinthians 12, 14, <laughs> he said, now I'm ready to visit you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you. Notice, he said, I won't be a burden to you. He said, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents should save up for their children. Isn't that interesting? Because he saw himself as a parent. And it's because of this, the Apostle Paul lived this way. And men are saying, um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, then he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever, the New King James says. 
Do you hear me? God doesn't like people that don't look after their families. So don't ever let somebody on TV convince you to sell everything and, you know, just give everything away. That is not the voice of God. Did you hear what I just said? I'm telling you, that is not the voice of God. That is something else that's looking like God. Appearing as an angel of light. Therefore, what all these scriptures show us is that there is nothing wrong with providing for your family or looking ahead and making provisions for the future. However, what you must be sure to guard against is becoming selfish, materialistic, and extravagant along the way. Hello. And allowing your heart to be compromised because Jesus does go on to warn us in the last verse, Matthew 6.21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me read some commentaries and we're done. Leon Morris says, The heart in this particular verse refers to that which the life centers. Therefore, by what your life centers around, we can tell where your heart is. Did you get that? Where does your life center around? What does your life center around? We, we can tell by where you put your treasure, where you put your money. Amen? In fact, Morris goes on to define treasure as that which one prizes the most and values above all else. And why Jesus essentially says that where your treasure, that which you prize the most and value above all else is, there your heart, that which your whole, revolve, uh, your whole life revolves around, will also be. Are you getting this? William McDonald says, if your money is in a safe deposit box, the deposit box then your heart and desire are also there. <laughs> okay? However, if your treasures are in heaven, then your interests will be centered there as well. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 3:2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Because Jesus warns us that where your treasure is, there your heart, there your heart will be also. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for revealing all these things to us. It is our desire to have treasure in heaven. It is our desire to do the right thing by you, God, to live a life that is pleasing to you. Because as we have seen now, when we do things in secret, God, you bless us so that we can be a blessing. And that's your desire, God, that you don't want the devil to have it all. You want us to have it because if we have it, then others will get it. It won't be wasted, but put to good use. And so we, we make a decision right now to be led by your spirit, to do what is wise In Jesus' name, amen.